0: Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Thank you for joining me again this week and thank you for tuning in every week. Today we are talking about a topic that's a little bit close to my heart and something that I am super passionate about talking about because ultimately i see my role within the fertility community to as to empower you to seek emotional well-being support and feel like you are supported and emotionally well and that you have the tools and the skills to be able to cope with setbacks adapt to changes on your journey and feel like you can have a really joyful and incredible life and all of the energy that it takes to navigate that and help you feel better. I'm here to help you feel better while you're going through this. And it was spurred by my very own journey of not really having many traumatic experiences in my life. I had a wedding that did not go to plan, but other than that, my life, pretty much followed the script of all of the things that you should do and I never really I had times when I cried I had jobs that were hard I had a job that I had once where I came home every day after work and cried I had I got really sick in my final year of senior school and really struggled with not no longer having the marks at school that I was used to And struggling with what that would look like as I went to university I had hiccups in my life and hard things but by and large there were things that were that I had a lot of control over where infertility felt like I everything was completely out of control for me and it was the hardest thing I had ever been through I was a nervous wreck after just six months of trying to conceive because I felt like I had done absolutely everything right. I felt like I had followed the playbook. I had worked really hard. I had done everything right and yet still here we were unable to conceive. And it, before we got to a, the fertility clinic, it was this real moment of is this me? Like am I, fa- am I doing something wrong here? Am I messing this up somewhere? what is going on and not feeling like because we were still keeping it a secret at that point feeling like I had no one to lean on because there was no one we could reach out to because it was this big giant secret that we were keeping as we then ended up at a fertility clinic things changed a little bit and finally I felt like the burden of This was no longer just on my shoulders. We had a fertility specialist who was here to figure out what was going on and help us conceive. We slowly started to tell people what was going on for us. But obviously, we're then navigating these really big decisions, navigating the financial burden of trying to conceive. The real prospect by this point that there was something wrong And maybe that means that I may never conceive and may never have children and what might that look like? And then, you know, it it was almost like it was no longer us trying to conceive in the bedroom, you know, it was all of a sudden the stakes were a lot higher and wrestling with that. And my strategy for coping with hard times up until that point was to white-knuckle it through. Do you feel like you that's your strategy that you white knuckle it through and for so many of us that's kind of how we've grown up um it, with our parents who are, might be quite magnificent people but that was kind of what they did in the day you know like go to your room if you're suffering go somewhere else and do it alone and get over it, it was kind of you know the way that we were taught to process big emotions if like if you're not coping if you're crying if you're having a tantrum if you're having a meltdown go to your bedroom figure it out, and then come back. So we've kind of all grown up, our generation, feeling like that's how we deal with things. Meanwhile, though, actually it doesn't teach us how to deal with our emotions. It just tells us that we shouldn't do it in public. Uh, And so white-knuckling it through was how I grew up feeling like that's how I, I need to push through, I need to be strong, big girls don't cry, this is, you know, what I need to do to feel better. And so two years after we had first started trying to conceive, we just had our first IVF cycle and then I had a miscarriage and that was the time when I really, it hit me that I was at zero emotionally. If, the, if my uh, emotional coping strategies and my energy was a fuel tank, the fuel tank was on empty and that was the real moment when I discovered that you cannot white-knuckle yourself through for a sustainable period of time. That was the point when I finally admitted that the strategy that I had wasn't working. And I hope that you don't get to that rock bottom point because I was a shadow of myself. I felt like I would just crumble every day after work. And even when I was at work, I felt like I couldn't focus properly and that there were tears in my eyes all the time. I didn't, I was a not really open book about our fertility struggle. But for the first time, I well, wasn't an open book. I could I just couldn't even find the words to articulate how I was feeling and didn't have the emotional energy to navigate anyone else's questions. So we kept it a fairly close thing. and we then took this last minute trip to Lombok in Indonesia to the most remote place I've ever been to in my life. We did not go to a touristy area. We went to like remote. And we didn't go because I needed a holiday or anything somewhat pleasant like that. We went because I didn't feel like I could do life. I didn't feel like I could work at that point. I didn't want to talk with anyone. I literally just wanted to be a blob and escape and not have to talk to anyone. And that was the start of me, that trip, feeling my very uncomfortable feelings and I will get to the number one thing that is going to help you feel better in a moment that nobody talks about it was very uncomfortable for me to feel those feelings I didn't go to Lombok and magically have a great time I spent lots of time feeling very sorry for myself and really processing and thinking about what was going on for me and it didn't help that I had hair falling out in chunks and I mean in chunks every single shower my hair blocked the drain every single time I brushed my hair the hairbrush was full I lost two-thirds of the hair on my head from hormones stress whatever all the things and then I had and I think I've talked about this to many people before so we were at this remote surf retreat because my husband is a surfy dude and I tried surfing one day. The surfboard had holes in it. It was full of water and it was really heavy. And I had to walk up this steep sort of limestone track to get back to where we were staying. And the surfboard was so heavy that I, like, fell down and grazed both of my knees badly on this limestone really hurt <laughs> but also because it was such a tropical environment it, it, it wasn't healing and it was almost just was, wouldn't dry out uh, and so my hair falling out knees grazed this you know real moment of like this is a physical manifestation of what is going on for me inside my head it's just all a mess and it's not healing. It's open, raw wounds and it just keeps circling back. Like, you know, every time I brush my hair, the hairbrush will be full. Um, And as uncomfortable as it was, feeling my feelings was the, actually the first step. And having this real pity party breakdown moment was the first step in me having a breakthrough moment. So that first step was simply just, mm. This really sucks, and the way that I'm going about it isn't working. And I need to have that breakdown before I can take any steps forward. I need to actually feel what I'm feeling before I can deal with what's going on for me. And but after that point, and here's the thing that everybody misses. And I'm not. I'm not going to say I didn't do it. I'm not going to say that it isn't helpful. But what everyone wants to do and what we kind of feel like we need to do whenever things get tough is okay what can we add to the to-do list what do I need to do don't just give me the to-do list of what I need to do and definitely there are things that you should be doing I recommend to all of our clients that they engage in mindfulness so one of the three pillars of success to feeling, dealing, coping, thriving is a regular mindfulness practice and that doesn't mean necessarily meditation but I start, one of the things I started was a regular practice of gratitude. I talk about it all the time, you you know, having a gratitude journal is one of the things that I think everybody who, you know, is a long-term listener of the podcast has or at least knows that that's what I encourage. So but it's not always in doing and what happens when the only thing that we have or believe that we have in our toolbox to feel better once we decide that we want to change the way that we're feeling and coping is that it just feels like another thing on the to-do list doesn't it and then it's all of a sudden we're exhausted and exhaustion is one of the hallmarks of why people don't cope is because you don't have the energy. And so it's kind of counterintuitive when, okay, well, maybe it, the way that I can get more energy is to just add a ton more stuff to my to-do list. Well, what are you do? Are you meditating? Are you journaling? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And so one of the keys to wellness is mindfulness, but the biggest thing, the biggest secret to feeling better is having a better relationship with your thoughts and your mind. So think of all the things that are keeping you exhausted. Is it your thoughts swirling around in your mind 24-7, being derailed by the thought that you might not have a kid and therefore your life will be shit and you'll be depressed and stuck in this forever? Is it trying to keep up with you know, things that people say or pregnancy announcements that happen and what goes on in your mind during that. And so I call this, you know, in terms of my three pillars, one of them is mindfulness, one of them I call it mates, which is having support and guided support. But one of the other, the, like the biggest thing that I advocate for is metacognition, a true understanding of why our mind Acts in the way that it acts. Or who we are. What are the stories, beliefs that we hold, and being able to actively—it's so not about what thoughts you have, but actively being able to disarm or take away the disempower the thoughts that you have. And once you know that, once you know how to disempower your thoughts and have a better relationship with your thoughts. Once you know what the process is, I can tell you it gets easier and easier and easier. Maybe a little bit hard to start with, but it gets easier and easier and easier. And once you know this, it's not like mindfulness practice where you have to do it all the time. So it's not like meditation where you have to meditate for 10 minutes every day. It is as easy as you know How to have a good relationship with your thoughts. You know, what thoughts are normal? What thoughts are facts? What thoughts are fears masquerading as facts? And you're able to disarm that. You're able to take away the power of the thoughts that you don't want and actively turn up the volume on the thoughts that you do want. And it's passive, means you don't have to work to get it. You don't have to do anything to feel that way. So, what I want to say is that. Sometimes you need to have the breakdown before you have the breakthrough, but that not everything that is going to help you feel better is something active on your to do list. I would argue that what is much more powerful is working on cultivating a better relationship with the thoughts that you have uh, and a deep self awareness of what's going on for you. And I've, you know, life for me since then hasn't been all rosy and lovely by any means, but I have always been able to really powerfully assess the thoughts that I have and that is the biggest thing that has kept me steady through life not going the way that I have planned. Life is, you know, we're always going to have expectations about the way that life will go, but life is always going to take a different path to the exact path that we think that it's going to take. So how do we better equip ourselves to cope through that, to deal with that? And one of the secrets to do that is metacognition. And that's what I talk about in my masterclass. You can jump into my free masterclass at robindurken.com slash masterclass. You can also have a look at my programs and products on my website at Robin Burke and just if you want to dip your toes in and see what it's about or how I can support you. But know that, you know, if all you are doing is meditating and wondering why you're not feeling better, maybe it's time to have a look at what other strategies are there that aren't necessarily mindfulness, that aren't necessarily adding something to your to-do list but is more about having a better relationship and understanding of your mind and your brain. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to speak with you next week. Bye for now. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to The Fertility Warriors. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can come and find me at Robin Birkin on Instagram. I share content almost every day. I answer lots of your questions and I love hearing from you, at Robin Birkin on my Instagram channel. That's all for me today and I'll catch you next week. Bye!